Hey guys, welcome back. I took a little hiatus for Thanksgiving week, but I'm back. Hope you guys had a good Thanksgiving. Hope you escaped with your mental sanity intact if you had to spend it with, you know, those relatives or in-laws or family members that sometimes get on your nerves. Um, definitely not the case for me, not saying that. Um, I definitely enjoy the time with my family, and I hope you guys did as well. You know, really quick, touching on the Ravens, uh, win last night over the Browns, defense really showed out. I've said it before and I'll say it again, I still have no idea what this team is, but at the moment, they're 8-3, and three. they're in the number one seed, so let's just see how the rest of the season plays out. This week, I wanted to talk about therapy. What is the point of mental health therapy, first of all? In my view, mental health therapy is a way to help manage the symptoms of mental or emotional issues that one may be having. Now, there's a common misconception that because you go to therapy, something must be wrong with you, when in reality, you can decide to go to therapy for any number of reasons. So let's get that stigma out of the way right off the bat. Going to therapy does not make you weak, doesn't mean anything is wrong with you, doesn't mean you're crazy, any of the common stereotypes attached to visiting a therapist. I mean, you can go to therapy if you are experiencing emotional distress or problems not even necessarily related to mental illness. And even if you are seeing a therapist for mental illness, there's still nothing wrong with you. You go to the hospital for a broken bone, you go see a dentist for your teeth, and a therapist works with your mind. It's that simple. We're the ones who make it complicated. All right, that's the end of my rant for now. I reserve the right to pick it up at any point during this episode or any subsequent episodes. All right, before I go any further, I need to give credit. For this episode, I consulted with a friend of mine who is a mental health therapist, so a lot of the information I'm sharing today is thanks to her. She wishes to remain anonymous, so I will just say thank you for all the information. You know who you are. Okay, so if you remember from, I think it was either episode one or two, I talked about the first time that I ever saw a therapist. And before that, I wasn't really familiar at all with therapy. I feel as though therapy was something that I, you know, saw on TV. You know, you would watch a show and in, in one episode they would maybe go see a shrink or something. Um, and I think, honestly, that's the first word that I ever heard it called was, uh, yeah, I'm going to go see my shrink. Um, and then I realized afterwards, oh, it's actually mental health therapist. Like, that's the proper term. So, you know, growing up, therapy wasn't something that I was familiar with at all. And it wasn't until I got to college and started struggling with depression. And I, I didn't even recognize it as being depression at the time. And I can't even remember how I thought to go to the wellness center. I think it was a friend that recommended it to me, actually. But anyway, eventually I decided to go to my school's health and wellness center. And that was my first ever experience with therapy. And it was definitely a game changer. My advice would be to not wait as long as I did. If you feel the urge to talk to someone, do it. Or even if you don't feel the urge, but you know you would benefit from it, do it anyway. So let's start at the beginning. You've decided you want to see a therapist. Okay, what's next? If you have health insurance, the first thing you should do is search for a therapist that's within your network. So for example, if you have Blue Cross Blue Shield, you can use the Find a Doctor feature on their website to identify all therapists in your area that take Blue Cross Blue Shield. Many insurance companies will have this feature on their website, and they'll also sometimes have a number you can call for support to assist you in your search. Asking your primary care physician for a referral is another way to get started. If you don't have health insurance, then it's tough because around $200 a session, give or take, is pretty standard if you're paying out of pocket. If you have the means, 
then I would look at it as a long-term investment in your health. It's worth the money if you have it. If you don't have the means, there are actually more options out there than I realized, and I'll discuss some of those later on when I talk about obstacles and hurdles. Finding a therapist is one thing. Finding the right therapist for you can sometimes be a process. Like I said back in episode two, you can't give up after one therapist if you decide that they aren't a good fit. Here are some things you might want to consider when choosing a therapist. We are in the COVID era, so a big one is, are the sessions completely virtual or completely in person? Can you choose between the two? If you have a preference for one over the other, that's something you'll want to look at. Assuming you're going in person, location is another one. Is their office accessible to you? Therapists often have different specialties, so you'll want to be aware of that as well. You don't want to go to a therapist who specializes in couples therapy if what you're looking for is cognitive behavioral therapy. And finally, a big one is compatibility. Something else I said before, you're not going to gel with every single person you meet. And therapy is no different. Sometimes it's just not a good fit, and so it might take a few tries to find that right fit, but don't let that discourage you. Also, just like you're not always completely sure about someone after the first date, sometimes it might take a few sessions with the same therapist to figure out if they are a match for you. A lot of times it helps to have someone you can relate to, whether that be in terms of culture, ethnicity, gender, age, things like that. For some people, it might make a huge difference. For others, it might not. So my previous therapist, for example, was a white male, probably I would say mid-60s, and I saw him for a couple of years, and that was fine. He helped me quite a bit. Then I switched insurance and had to switch therapists. My therapist now is a person of color, and he's much closer to my age, and there are some things I didn't realize I was missing in terms of relatability. That's not a knock on my former therapist, that's just how things are sometimes. Another example I just thought of in terms of stylistic differences was that I remember my first therapist having a bit of a softer touch. She didn't interject very much. She would ask some leading questions, and then she'd mostly let me talk, and then would try to gently guide me in the right direction. And then she left, and the next person I got really challenged me. She had more of a confrontational style. Not in a rude way or anything, but more of a, okay, we're going to get to the bottom of this shit kind of way. It was kind of a shock at first, to be honest. It was good in the sense that she really helped me to push back against the negative thoughts and negative self-talk that I was experiencing at that time. Over the years, I've found that something close to that style is actually what I prefer. So it's just a matter of knowing what you need and what your preferences are. Okay, once you've started seeing a therapist and you've decided that you want to stick with them, what should you expect to get out of it? I said in an earlier episode that therapy is one of a number of things that I do in order to maintain my mental health, and I think that's sort of the way you want to look at it. Therapy is another tool in your toolbox for improving your mental health. It can be a very important tool, but it's important to keep it in perspective. Therapists aren't miracle workers. You should expect to see gradual improvements but it's imperative that you put in the work. Before you see your therapist, especially if it's your first time going, you should at least have an idea of what you want to discuss. Jotting down some things you want your therapist to help you work through isn't a bad idea. That way you can make sure the time is used efficiently. Also, do your homework. Oftentimes, your therapist will assign you some sort of exercise. I still vaguely remember the first exercise I ever got back in college was this mindfulness exercise. My therapist told me to find a place to sit and to close my eyes, and I think what I had to do was see if I could identify five different sounds, taking time to focus on each one. And that was a way to stay present. I remember thinking, man, this is kind of silly, but I did it anyway, and it did help me to get out of my head. So 
no matter how silly you might feel, do your homework. But also just put in the work in general, you know, identify opportunities or areas for growth and use those opportunities to put into practice what you've learned in therapy instead of falling back on old habits. Over time, you'll be amazed at how much you'll grow and improve. And if you don't feel like you're making progress, do what we did last week. Ask someone close to you that you trust. Sometimes we progress without even realizing it. Last week on social media, I threw out a question asking about some of the obstacles and hurdles that people face when trying to seek therapy. So let's try to address some of the obstacles that we didn't already touch on. One of the major issues people mentioned was with cost. Earlier on, I went over the options available for people who have insurance or have the means to pay out of pocket. If you don't have insurance and are unable to pay out of pocket, there are still options out there. For one, you can ask about sliding scale options. Some therapists adjust their rate based on your income, so it doesn't hurt to ask. Another option, if you live near a college or university, is to find out whether or not they have an outpatient psychology program. Basically, what you'll get are interns who are equipped with the same knowledge as a fully licensed therapist, but with less experience. There's often little to no cost for these types of programs. If you're comfortable with it, group therapy is another cheap option, much less expensive than individual therapy. There are also online options. Services like Talkspace and BetterHelp are way more affordable and can range from $45 to $75 a session. There are also free national helplines that you can call, like the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration Helpline, SAMHSA for short. And I'm sure there are even more options out there. Another major hurdle was cultural. In many different cultural circles, there is certainly a stigma attached to mental health, and seeing a therapist is part of that. As a black male, I was fortunate to have parents who were supportive when I sought therapy. Even though, like I said, it was something foreign to us, they remained open to it, and I was very thankful for that. However, for the black community as a whole, I think we're still hesitant to seek therapy, and I know it's the same for many other minority communities as well. It's something that has been improving, but there's still a ways to go. So if you are someone who wants to seek therapy, but you're facing pushback or hesitation from friends or family members or people around you, I would say that education helps. Try to educate them about the process in order to help remove some of the stigma that surrounds therapy. If it's someone you're close with and trust, you could even invite them to sit in with you on a group therapy session. Or if you really feel that you need therapy, but you don't have the support of those around you, don't let that stop you from starting the process anyway. You can always wait until you're comfortable sharing to disclose the fact that you are seeing a therapist. If you were having constant migraines, you wouldn't put off seeing a doctor, I hope. So why would it be any different with therapy? So in closing, I can't stress enough just how much therapy has helped me over the years. Um, it's really improved my quality of life tremendously. And I'm sure that, you know, if you haven't done it before, if you haven't gone to therapy before, you might have doubts about, you know, the process or is it really for you or is it really going to help? And so personally, all I can do is tell you that for me, it's helped me so, so much. And I know that there are plenty of people out there who were also hesitant about therapy at first, but then it turned out to be a game changer for them as well. Speaking from a male perspective, I'm well aware of the stigma that surrounds therapy. You might think it makes you less of a man or it makes you weak or soft. Paraphrasing what I said earlier, fuck all that. Don't let society's projections get in the way of you getting the help that you need and deserve. Recognizing that you need help isn't a weakness, that's a strength. And that brings up another point in all of this is that you have to want it for yourself. All the therapy in the world isn't going to make a difference if you don't actually want to make any changes. It starts with you. 
The last thing I will say is to remember to be patient with yourself. Progress isn't always linear. Sometimes it seems like you'll be on a roll and then you'll suffer a setback. But keep going anyway because trust me, you'll be better for it. Thanks for listening, guys. I'll see you next time.